Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets. Interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. I hope you are keeping safe and healthy. Hope everyone's getting some well-deserved rest. Um, I think we're all deep into this. I mean, people are getting shaggy. I know hair salons and barber shops will probably be packed uh, when everything opens up again. And uh, one of the good things is I feel like you have tried to keep in touch with people and I've been in touch with like childhood friends and friends from college that I haven't spoken to in years that somehow you just pick up the conversation and I don't know if I would have had the time to have reconnected like that so I'm grateful for that in this time. It's, um, it's been a nice time to connect which is weird since we can't physically connect but I've emailed colleagues and also some people who have been on this podcast just to check in and see if they're okay. I asked a couple of them what their working situations were and what they think is going to happen to our industry when we all get back to work. I emailed with production designer Annie Bouchamp and she's doing well. She misses working but is enjoying the traffic-free mornings. Annie was working in Vancouver on a film and pre-production when she uh, went home for the pandemic in Australia. Um, She thinks it'll be a slower rollout She says uh, nobody at the studios wants to make guesses about when it will be safe for this early in the game and that there will be safety protocols that the studios are developing that they'll need to follow. Until or if there is a vaccine, I'd imagine we will be following new protocols and hopefully there will be antiviral drugs to treat and reduce the COVID soon. So she's very helpful. And um, she also hopes that all of the good-spirited things will continue on after this uh, pandemic because there's so much good happening out there. She's right. It's good to focus on that. I also checked in with my friend, location manager, Caleb Duffy. He's doing well and keeping sane. He's been talking to other location managers, the permit office in L.A., uh, friends and producers and He said there's a lot of good ideas out there like sanitation zones on set, uh, essential crew only, reducing crew sizes, casting from video link, table reads on video link. Um, He said Sweden is getting ready to open up with a lot of these elements on their production industry. So I guess they'll wait and see how that's going to happen. And maybe America will take off from that. Productions that can stay on a studio lot with low amount of crew would be the first to most likely open up. LA is having a call next Thursday to start setting up these plans um, into place, and there'll be some more solid information then. So he said he'd keep me updated, which I hope um, I will then pass along to you. And I talked to my good friend Ethan Goodwin who I'm working with and who we set up happy hour every Thursday. He said he would hope that once we are all able to return to work, the decorating crew is given the space and time to dress the sets without working around painters and grip ladders. 
in the spirit of social distancing, that could be one silver lining for us, and I concur. We're always on top of each other. So that would be nice. Um, I emailed with production designer Derek Hill, whose daughter Michelle lives in Salt Lake City, works in an ER hospital there, but her and her group of 50 doctors, nurses, and nurse practitioners went to New York City last week to aid the New York Presbyterian Hospital with the overload of coronavirus. Um, she is working 12-hour shifts. She's been there a week now since we've emailed, and so I hope she's doing well. Let's all say a prayer for her, and what bravery that is to um, commit like that to the job and, and to helping people get well. I can't applaud her more. Derek was on a WBCW pilot that was shooting in North Carolina when it was shut down, and he has no word yet on his return. No one on the crew or the studio has given, gotten ill from coronavirus, so that was a positive. He said that positive health conditions were already set as a standard on his set. Plenty of Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer. They had ended openness of craft service tables. The caterer had developed a cleaner situation with wrapped utensils, plates, and glasses, etc. Derek had some good thoughts about how we can get back to work safely, and I think it's probably something we're all thinking of. A lot of examples that he set forth were a specific COVID-19 medic on set at all times. Um, a cleaner, healthier stages, full-time cleaners, uh, better restroom ratios, um, ample office space, printers. I mean, you have no idea how we all share the same printer, and <laughs> that's kind of a big thing. So, yeah, he's right. New printer and more printers. Uh, maybe box lunches or crew has stipends to provide their own food. Um, we're going to need gloves, masks each and every day in more than one set, adhere to no more than 12 hours so that the pre-cleaning crews have the proper time to make and set the stages that are safe to work on, stop late calls on Friday that carry over into Saturday mornings in favor of working split calls so that days worked are within the same days, crew lunches staggered, no outside visitors to set, everyone wear a safety badge, uh, extra medics around, no one, no large crowds. I mean, he's, he's right. I mean, we're all thinking about this. He adds that prop houses or construction suppliers need to have the same health standards. All of our vendors. He feels that production designers and art directors could do meetings over Zoom. Um, set designers, graphic designers could work remotely. Scouting could be done um, from location files uh, to Dropbox, and scout vans will have to be rethought. So, uh, yeah, same with tech scouts, he says. Um, I just think, you know, he's dead on, and it's, it's a lot of things, and this is only our department. I mean, I'm sure Electrics has the same concerns, and Transpo, and Wardrobe, and so it's a lot to figure out, but I am thankful that um, my friends checked back in with me and I, I hope everyone's uh, doing good. So this week on What's One Up Watching, I'm watching Mrs. America and Mandalorian. Mrs. America is just gorgeous. I get so jealous when I see sets like this. They are beyond layered with character. 
The color palette is just perfect period saturated colors. The wardrobe is coordinated perfectly with this great acting. It's just really fun and I find it the subject matter is just perfectly timed right now with women working from the home and juggling their families. I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm I'm caught up whatever episode it's on this week's episode 4. I love it. I also started Mandalorian, which is another gorgeous show in its own right. And as I've said many times, I would die to do a Star Wars film. I'm just so impressed of how these sets are designed and and dressed. The imagination and the creativity, it's so inspiring. I just love it. I like the show. Little Yoda is adorable, but I'm trying to figure out, he's not Yoda, right? Because... I looked it up. This is set 25 years after Return of the Jedi, but I'm only on episode five, so I haven't figured out if that's really Yoda yet. I don't know. I'll figure. I guess I'll. I guess I'll find out. I should also say I forgot to comment on the design of Ozark Three in my last episode. I think the Steamboat Casino is fantastic. Uh, that staircase feels like the Titanic staircase or something. Uh, really fun, and uh, hell of a season. And I just think they do those characters so well in their own environments. Just a great show to watch. In this episode, two of my interview with production designer David Grotman, I discuss hiring overseas crew, working with super talented set decorators, his design process on Life of Pi and working with Ang Lee, And then I totally dork out about the film once around, and that's cool. I didn't want to embarrass myself, but uh, too late. So I hope you enjoy. It's going to be fun. Yep. All those great ones. So when you go on locations, uh, because it seems like you do a lot of location work, that's I do. How, and especially, I would assume, just like if you're working in New York, you sort of have a team or you have like a couple names, like you know. But when you go abroad or you go over, you said, you know, you have decorators or someone that you call, but how do you, how do you feel about assembling a team in a different country? Is that like, that would keep me up at night? Uh, uh, (laughs) No, you know, um, hmm. when I did, uh, let's see. When I did, I think the first thing I did in London was uh, Chocolat. And so um, when I did Chocolat, I hadn't worked in the UK before. And um, it was it was a time where um, I... It, I guess there wasn't a lot of production going on, so I sort of had my pick. That's nice. Uh, I had met Anna Pinnock because I interviewed every decorator that was around, um, Stephanie McMillan, because she recommended, she reminded me a lot of a very wonderful decorator that I worked with a lot in the States by the name of Gretchen Rao. And um, so I hired Stephanie, who was like, you know, of the premier set decorators. Yeah. Ain't no question. Yeah. And uh, wonderful um, art director by the name of John Frankish. Uh, wonderful um, um, 
construction coordinator by the name of Malcolm uh, Roberts. So I don't know, I was just very lucky. Mm. Uh, but then, um, like Malcolm and Anna, who didn't work with me, but then subsequently worked with me on, uh, we did reshoots for uh, the shipping news in London, and Anna worked with me on that. So they all went with me to Taiwan and India for Life of Pi. Um, a couple of years ago, we did another film in the UK called Burnt, and it was the same team again, mm-hmm. uh, different day, team to Jones on that. And um, so I don't know. So, so um, and then I worked in Venice on Casanova and had a wonderful team there. And so when I came to do uh, Catch-22, I had some people who had worked with me in Venice uh, who were Romans anyway, to begin with. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've just been lucky that way. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's always timing, you know, you never know. It's timing and, um, I don't know. It, it always, it always works out somehow. I don't know. I, or I feel like I've been very lucky that way. And, um, so now I have a kind of European team. Uh, I certainly have people in New York that I kind of grew up doing movies with that are always my first call when I'm working in New York. Um, and still people in Los Angeles, even though I haven't done anything in L.A. for quite a while now, but still people in L.A. also. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, you know. It's hard. It's just, hard to. I always think it's hard to, uh, you know, because you interview someone, and then you're like, okay, you seem cool, and then you're like, okay, well, we're gonna spend like ten hours a day together for like, like this amount of time. Like, I hope this is cool, and I hope you're cool, and like, just and get your work done. And it really. No, is- there's no question. Talent is important, but yeah. um, but the personality is every bit as important. Yeah, no question. it is. And I, I mean, I think that's always weighed uh, heavily on, on decisions that I make. Yeah. And like I said, lucky. And um, you might have noticed from my resume that my longstanding uh, supervising art director is my wife, yes. Karen Schultz. Yes. So um, that, uh, that, um, that's been an incredibly nice that is nice. I mean, to be able to share the misery of it, it's <laughs> really important. And the joy. I mean, the joy, the high of it when you're done and you see it or like you see it, you know, dressed and like on the monitor and like just to be incredibly proud of your work with someone is yeah. is awesome. You know, and I mean, I, my husband doesn't work in the industry and that's also really nice too because he's more of that aloofness of like, wait a minute, what? You guys did that? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> so the magic is still there in, in some of it for, for him. But like, to have the camaraderie, I'm assuming, and to go through the through the war together on projects, that's, that's really nice to be able to, to, to have yeah. that together. <clears throat> well, and somebody who knows you so well and... Um... I mean, Karen is a wonderful designer, and she had a really wonderful 
theater career. Um, and uh, at the time she was pregnant with our daughter, um, I was going, I had done a few, uh, you know, small films like Jimmy Dean and something called Key Exchange. And um, uh, I've been asked to do um, The Last Days of Frank and Jesse James, a television movie yeah. with Johnny Cash. Is Christopherson. <laughs> I mean, that's and, a huge cast. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that was an awesome cast. Yeah. Plus, we got to, we were all invited for Thanksgiving dinner at Johnny Cash and Judy Cash's house. Oh my god! Pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty um, amazing. But uh, Karen Her- was five months pregnant, and I said, I don't want to go to Nashville when you're pregnant and be on my own. Why don't you come and just be the art director? So that was the first um, show that Karen... She's like, great, if I have to come with you, I have to work? I can't just come with you? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. She loves working. She she put me to shame. (laughs) She is a really hard worker. Uh, Good Midwestern stock. Nice. uh, (laughs) Yeah, she was backing up the trucks to, you know, put the dirt down on the town squares and little... City outside of Nashville, and so she started there, and and we continued uh, to kind of when our daughter was born, you know, kind of travel like a circus family from location to location, and then uh, and then we son was born, and then she took. uh, We continued all working going out together and then he got to a point where he was in middle school and he was big into sports and um so she took a eight-year hiatus right well she took another job (laughs) she took another job yeah yeah I don't have a second to myself. I thought like, woo, time off no this is like I'm at work every day at 7 a.m. Uh, yeah. my shift doesn't end till 7 30 p.m <laughs> yeah. So, yeah i'm i'm working more than i usually do at this point but so i love twin it. boys twin uh 16 month old boys yeah that's great yeah and uh like your wife i uh, worked 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 on i don't know why i don't know why i worked up until the day i delivered just really great. stupid <laughs> it's that dry no. it's that like why I think back now and I'm like, why did I do that? But at the time, you're just like, I can do this. I don't need. That's fine. I can do it, and I did, and whatever. But yes, it's uh, it's another job. I am always very uh, inquisitive of how people have a family and pull this off, <laughs> and working yeah. and have a family in this business because it, the hours are they're they're insane and it's priority and. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's really hard to, to balance this with kids. And of course I'm finding out and I'm sure you would agree. It's a, it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I think our kids would say, I mean, I'm sure there were moments. I mean, I know there was one particular moment with our daughter when we were going to uh, uh, Massachusetts to do Cider House Rules and she was 12 years old and we were ruining her life and <laughs> she's gonna how can we take her out of school and away from all of her friends and um she ended up 
loving being in Northampton, Massachusetts, and made great friends there, and ended up the following year going to boarding school just outside of Northampton. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so in the end, she had no complaints, and, and, bo- and they're both great travelers. They're like, they'll go anywhere. Yeah, that's really important, not to fear... Yeah fear the world because it's, it's scary, yeah. but yeah, to travel is really amazing. Yeah. I hope, I hope the boys have that bug too, but I, <laughs> funny enough, only, I've only done one location film. It was in Albuquerque. Yeah. And then, <laughs> um, and then it seems in the last like year or so I've gotten so not so many, but offers of like, Hey, we need someone in Vancouver. We need someone in New Zealand. We hey, he says Hawaii, and I'm like, are you kidding? I've been decorating for twelve years. I got I got like one call. Now I can't go anywhere, <laughs> and I've got right. all these calls. It's like, but that, that will all change. No, yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. My husband's like, whatever, we'll take them. I'm like, no, I'm not. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I, my brain will explode if I have to figure another thing out right now. I can't do it. <laughs> Say now's the time in your life when they're young. I know, I know. Don't listen. Don't don't get All on right. the side with my husband here. <laughs> don't, don't, don't give him any more credibility in this argument. Okay. Oh, they're at the door. They found me. <laughs> oh, I hope he got him. Um, what? Let me see. What else can I? Because I I have to ask about once around, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till the end. I wanted to ask um, right. when you worked with uh, Ang Lee in for in uh, yes. taking Woodstock and Life of Pi. Yeah, and I I saw Life of Pi when it came out. I was gonna rewatch it this week, and now as a mom, I can't watch I can't watch certain things. Yeah, and the thought of rewatching that, I I started to well up and cry because it's such an emotionally packed film. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't rewatch it, but I remember how good it was. But in your design process, it's so much CGI in there. Like, how do you? How did you co- collaborate on that? Well, so you know the thing. So you know, I don't do a lot of big visual effects movies. Although there's quite a few visual, big visual effects in Taking Woodstock. Yeah, um, and Catch Twenty Two. No, and certainly in Catch Twenty Two. Yeah, definitely in Catch Twenty Two. Um, but so the thing is on uh, Life of I. First of all, what an amazing book, and yeah. what yeah. an amazing screenplay was. The screenplay was really quite remarkable to read, and um, but so so the thing is, so I worked with Aang on taking Woodstock. And um, uh, I think we had a really good relationship, and I think he liked me. <laughs> I think so. so. <laughs> uh, and so he kind of, uh, but um, interviewed me all over again for uh, taking <laughs> uh, for, for I'm sorry for Life of Pi. And um, what what Ang was really interested in was the fact that I came from the theater, and that he had a sense of. 3D, which he was really just learning about and then devoured like the amazing mind. Um, and uh, 
but he had a sense that 3D is kind of like looking at a stage where there's actually depth, there's foreground and background. And, um, and so he kind of had it in his mind that uh, I should do it because I came from the theater. Um, and there are a lot of things that I designed with the idea of a proscenium in mind. So like, especially the entrance to the zoo. And so the entrance to the zoo is proscenium and you go into it and you see, you know, it's almost like backdrops one layer after another. So I did do a lot of that, but um, I don't know. I don't know, it just, I mean, I always kept that in mind. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how much that played in the, I don't think of that necessarily as being the success of the, of the production design. But the deal is, is because it was so ambitious, because so many people had tried to make it prior to Aang um, and could never find a way to sort of sell it, to right. make it work. Right. Um, we, had, um, we had a very, very long pre pre-production schedule where we were just actually trying to develop our sales pitch do you know what I mean trying to develop for the studio a visual presentation which would make them believe that we could do this film so long before there was a um a visual effects um coordinator uh it was myself with um, a couple of amazing um, illustrators, most notice, most notably uh, Joanne Bush, and um, but also um, one of Aang's son, who was an artist and interested in trying his hand and did some fantastic illustrations for us. Yeah. Uh, Don Macy, a graphic artist that I had worked with in the... Um, previously and also a concept uh, a fine artist that um ang had been introduced to before i even got involved who um uh who did some paintings uh for ang so so the thing is before uh visual effects was involved we were creating illustrations for all of these um for all of these key moments in the in the story, and um, so we really had um, we had kind of created the roadmap and the design for what it would look like. I think I had, um, and that was just sort of out of the sheer sheer luxury of of having to develop this show, this show and tell. Um, that we kind of, there was the movie. We knew what this was going to look like. At that point, I had already been to India to scout and uh, knew all the locations we were going to use in India as well as the inspiration. I started, I mean, I went specifically to look at the town of Pondicherry, um, but also on that scout, which was my first time in India, I, like, did a trip from north to south of every um, period zoo 
that oh, there was wow. in India, almost with the idea that we might be able to find a zoo that we could shoot it, and instead we ended up building and creating our own zoo mm. at Garden in Pondicherry and back in Taiwan. Um, so, um, how big was the zoo that you built? How big was that? Well, uh, so uh, there were two aspects to it. There, um, first of all, there was a botanical garden right. that we created. Um, that's where we had the entrance to the zoo and uh, sort of the there's a big bird cage there and ticket booths and then that went to an area where the elephants and, and giraffes were um so how big was it i don't know big enough, <laughs> big enough. okay <laughs> it was big enough. i was i mean i'm trying to think like because i'm trying to remember the scenes and i know i mean they do a lot of walking through it and i'm like you built all that Right, so that was all, um, well, at a botanical garden. So it was a botanical garden, but the structures then we built. And then then the big set was the cage where Richard Parker is, the the tiger. And um, that was all built in Taiwan on uh, the tarmac of the airport that served as our sound stages and um, back lot. We how, built. How long was that shoot? How long were you in Taiwan for? That was 120 days, 60 of it on a tank. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Which we built as well. Wow. A 200 foot by 100 foot tank with seven wave makers and um, uh, a surround of uh, containers on three sides. Um, Once again, you probably never would have researched how to like build a wave machine or something. Like yeah. that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, in all fairness, that was all special effects yeah. and yeah. Um, an amazing company in Taiwan that built uh, water parks. Oh wow! So, yeah. so that um, so you have it 120 days. 120 days. Do you have a favorite film that you've designed? Let me ask you this. Do you have twins? Well, <laughs> listen, on Wednesday, maybe I have a favorite. On Thursday, maybe I have a different favorite. I don't know. And some days I mix them up. I don't know. No, I mean, you know, I, again, I just feel like I've been really lucky. I mean, there are films that I've done, which, you know, I've done out of, um, kind of necessity or convenience, you know, to fill a slot, but not a lot of that. And in fact, I'd probably be, you know, a much bigger success if I, you know, took everything that was offered to me, but I don't, I take, I, I don't. No, and, you don't. Um, so, you, have... so you do, you, so you do select projects. Is there anything that you turned down that you're mad you turned down? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and what? Janine got but, it? Like what? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think there have been a few things there where I thought, why did I say no? Or why wouldn't I take that meeting? But I really don't have any regrets. I have to say, I've like been blessed. And, and when you say, do I have favorite films? My favorite films really are not based on how they look but 
the experience that we had. Yeah. Taking Woodstock was one like, I mean, <laughs> we had so much fun yeah. doing that film. Cider House Rules was like heaven. I mean, that was such a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, so, um, I don't know, it's more based on experience, yeah. but many of them. Yeah. You know, I said I did a ton of films with Lassa Hallstrom and all of them, you know, Shipping News and Chocolat and Cider House Rules and Once Around. And, you know, because he's such a lovely man, those experiences were so lovely. And we had... Um, all of those, we had such a lovely group of people. Yeah. And, um, it does matter. It really does. Yeah. It really does. It does. I, I mean, there's certainly directors or projects that I've stayed away from just because the work that we do, that all of us do, is so hard that you don't need to add that <laughs> personality. No, yeah. And it's true. It's true. You know, and and uh, somebody else took it for the money. Yeah. I now I'm only going off of the IMDb resume, but in 38 yes. years you've done 51 projects. So basically you've had a project going since 1982. I mean, are you tired? <laughs> well, not now because now I'm you Well, know, now we're all catching up on my leisure. Yeah. Uh No. No, you know, you they're know. all hard, right? They, they're all hard. Yeah, they are. Um, and even in the best of uh, circumstances and with the best group of people, they're all hard. But um, I don't know. I, I, I do love doing it. And and now I'm working with Steve Zalian, who wrote and directed Talent and Mr. Ripley. The scripts are unbelievable. Um, it's such a kind of rich wonderful project it's italy it's 1960 uh yeah that's awesome naples palermo the island of ischia the amalfi coast and um it's enormous amount of work and um but you know what are you gonna do i mean (laughs) you gotta do it i wouldn't say no to it no oh my gosh no um, i wouldn't want anybody else to have it no that's i know that is the problem of uh not being able to turn things down when you i feel when you see the potential of something and you're like that's going to be really good but it's yeah. going to be really hard and it's going to it's going to suck for my team or just a little bit or it's going to be bad here and it's going to be good in the end but that potential of having such a good project and being enriched by it is the is what I have a hard time saying no to some bad things yeah. and you make sure that you have the people with you that yeah. are going to help yeah. you realize everything that you want and that um and that you have just enough of the resources i'm not a big one i've never sort of um, you can't scare me with a budget <laughs> you can't scare me with a budget because um i know what you can do for x amount of dollars and so if you're all right with that if that's your number right. and i tell you that this is what we can do then I'm all right with that. Right. It's when, you know, people expect things that maybe are unrealistic in terms of the number. Yeah. I, I, 
happy to help them. I think I think the the sentence I didn't write it. I'm just decorating it is really <laughs> true. I don't know what to tell you. This is what's written and this is how much it'll cost. I'm not trying to be a dick about it. I'm just letting you know. And I don't I'm not an over exorbitant like thousand dollar fabric type person either i like a good deal <laughs> i like you know i like to barter and i like to like feel like oh right. i got this I, I got this as a favor kind of just so we could have this piece and you know i like the fight to get the look but i don't want to have to be told like you know we have a dollar but it should look like a ten dollar bill like i don't know what to tell you i can't I can only do so much, but yeah, I don't know. I, I but I have been lucky uh, recently of budgets and it not being too much of an issue of like let's get it done because it's it's a lot of work and we need it. So I have been lucky in that sense recently, but you know, it does suck sometimes when you're constrained by that. But yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to finish up because I've kept you for over an hour, <laughs> so, but I, right. I have, I have to ask you about Once Around because I can't even tell you how many times I've watched it. I own it on DVD, obviously. Um, I wanted my wedding to be like that. I was, we were going to do, I was, which one of the weddings? Oh, well, her, you know, fly me to the moon, that whole dance scene. That was like, right. that's what I wanted my whole wedding to be. That was, that was it. So, um, it, I would say that movie for some reason in me has always st stuck with me. Um, so what I have to ask about it is, um, um, the location of the circle that they drive around was right. was that hard to find was that like oh we did you go around a lot of circles and location scouts or <laughs> uh hmm. i mean the funny thing is the exterior circle i mean the big top shot is in um Boy, I can't even remember now, but in one of the suburbs outside of Boston. Uh, but all the interior stuff of them driving around the circle they shot in um, Durham, North Carolina, which is where the house was. And um, Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? How did that, um, that's two, like, location cities that are nowhere near each other. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess yeah, they had so a tax shot, credit, and then we you shot, went to do exteriors. Is that what it is, or? <laughs> well, we, I mean, we were always going to shoot in North Carolina because of uh, the incentive there, you know, or right to work site or whatever. Um, so we were always going to shoot in North Carolina, but then we had. Um, I mean, it was fantastic. But then we, we had to shoot in Boston right. for a, a circle. We shot um, their the apartment. Yeah. The Right. The apartment, the bridge. Uh, they go shopping uh, to buy him clothes, oh, I right. think, in that wonderful uh, 
men's clothing uh, clothing store. I can't remember the name. Probably now. like the least like the film you don't want to talk about is the one I'm most interested in. But... No, because that was the first time I worked with Lasse Hallstrom. And, um, he had just done oh, the first time we met. He had just come to the United States. He, you know, uh, My Life as a Dog had come out, and it was everybody's favorite film in the world. Right. And so I got. Um, and um, and he asked me to do it, and then I think it almost got postponed for about a year. It didn't happen then, and then it came back the following year, and I was available, and we did it, and um, uh, we were um, so we shot in Raleigh and Durham, North Carolina. We shot in Boston. We shot the ice skating scene in. Um, we must have been in Vermont. Yeah, I was and, just going to ask where where that was. <laughs> And we shot in um, St. Martin. And, um, oh, right. Like the tropical when they go down to the... Yeah. And that was a... So, um, Real estate thing. Loss and I ended up having to take so many scouting trips to St. Martin. It was <laughs> <uncanny>. <laughs> oh, that, what uh, a bummer. Say, uh, <laughs> we ended up going, you know... Uh, we go scout on a Friday and we stayed for the weekend. <laughs> it was and then, and then it was the last thing we shot. And there were a number of families with kids on that movie. And uh, um, uh, and um, we ended up the shoot in uh, St. Martin. And just everybody just had such a great time. Oh, that's awesome. That's to do with Lhasa. That's to do with Lhasa. You know, he's just, he is so lovely. Um, that's awesome I'm glad to hear it was yeah. a good experience <laughs> yeah it was a great experience great experience the house like I said the house was in uh, uh, Raleigh or Durham I think Durham North Carolina um, and, um, and not at all what I would have imagined because it was supposed to be you know kind of a split level ranch style suburban Massachusetts house um, but Lasso fell in love with that house and I had just um, we'd just done Mr. and Mrs. Bridge and it was so much the same kind oh, right. of house American two story yeah. uh, that we had um, um, it made for a better Mr. like looking down at them like I don't know <laughs> if you were <laughs> I, I mean, all those different rooms and the pocket doors and, like, uh, everything to me is just sort of, it just sticks out. That that film just sticks out so much to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, was, I mean, oh, I was a big, like, Richard Dreyfuss fan at the time or something. I don't know. I think, too, my mom loved that movie. Um, and we would watch it uh, a couple times or whatever. I don't know. There's something about that movie. I just love it. I just, I, and that, good. yeah. So... So just as a, a moment of like geeking out on you, I contacted you because you were nominated this year for Catch-22. I knew that you had done Life of Pi. I was there in, um, at the ADG Awards the year that you won. Um, so I knew, obviously I know you, but I didn't know that you did once around. So it was such a like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God, he did once around. Oh my God. <laughs> it's such a like... Uh, moment of like, wow, this is crazy that I'm talking to the guy that like inspired me. Like, this is crazy. So, 
Yeah. So this thank you. pillow here. Uh, yeah. In Dongia uh, mohair. Yes. That was in the um, that was in the penta- their penthouse apartment. In there you go. <laughs> yeah. We we all take things from the set as memorabilia. <laughs> well, we pay for them. What's well, Dongia? You better <laughs> trade for them. <laughs> Absolutely. We trade for them, and I have to say because this was Gretchen Rao. And um, this little ashtray was Gretchen Rao for Walks Around. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. There's you... a chair over here that belonged to our next door neighbor, and she was getting rid of it, and that ended up being Paul Newman's chair in uh, Nobody's Pool. Now, how was new? Was was it just incredibly awesome to watch Paul Newman act? I've worked with him three <laughs> times. You know. Oh, three times? What was the other? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bridge, Nobody's Fool, and a uh, Robert Benton film called Twilight, not to be confused oh. with the... Oh, yes, the other, yes. Oh, I didn't realize um, he was in that. Yeah, so um, he's amazing, um, but the most wonderful was Mr. and Mrs. Bridge to see he and his wife yeah. act together. And then, you know, um, we were, we shot that all in Kansas city and we lived right across from a place called the country club plaza, which was like the first outdoor shopping mall mm. in America. And, um, and, you know, you would see Paul and Joanna walking hand in hand and, you know, in the evening and, that's awesome. It's pretty, pretty great. Do you, uh, you've had some films where you work with actors as directors. Yeah. Is that a, is, is that fun? <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard question to ask, but I want to ask it because, I mean, you had like Gary Sinise or Bill Murray and George Clooney yeah, and, yeah. I mean. I did two with, I did two with um, Gary Sinise and those were both terrific. Uh, Miles from Home and uh, Of Mice and Men. Um, George Clooney is fantastic. Yeah. He is such, he's so great. I have to say, wonderful person. I find him a wonderful director and so clear and easy to work with. And um, I have to say, Bill, that was, it was a film that he co-directed with Howard. Uh-oh. Oh, wait, maybe I have it here. Howard was the, um, Howard uh, wrote the screenplay and he and Bill directed it together. I have to say, it was a, um, that was a hard one for me. Howard Franklin. Howard Franklin. Um, it was, it was hard because at the same time we were shooting that, we were prepping Mr. and Mrs. Bridge and, um, my wife was in Kansas city. I would be on the shoot during the week in New York and then fly Friday night or Saturday morning to Kansas city and work. It, it, It wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Doing films in different cities and prepping and shooting is never, I don't think, an easy thing. That was a stretch. But uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bridge was probably, that's right up there with one of the best kind of experiences. Yeah. You know, working with James Ivory, it's just heaven. You, really. I mean, I, I sometimes will just like, 
go on a spree of, of, of how many people, how many great people are that, you know, the designer decorators worked with, you have such a long list that it would be, (laughs) it's like, like, people wouldn't believe it. I mean, you really, uh, you have obviously inspired me, but I really just think you are an amazing designer and I I thank you for, for inspiring (laughs) me really honestly and truly. And for this time that you've given me and I had a full glass. You didn't have any, (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, well, um, I thought about that. I thought about that. <laughs> You'll be having a martini with dinner, though. So. That's good. I know I, a, a lot of my friends and I can't seem to keep our liquor cabinets full during this pandemic. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> it's tricky, isn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. I thought about having my martini early, but I'm going to wait for Cap. <laughs> yes. Um, I, uh, I thank you so much for this time and sharing all this, uh, with me because yeah. it's incredibly, uh, interesting and incredibly, uh, informative to people who, who work in this business and who are inspired by you. So thank you so much. Thank you for doing these podcasts. Yeah. Trying. It's great. Trying. It's fun. I mean, it's really just me geeking out over people, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we didn't talk about fences. I know. Well, we. St- I asked about like. I mean, we can. I'm. I'm totally into it. I was trying to get no, no, into no, no, that no, no. with like the. Um... I completely forgot about it. that. Was another like unbelievable experience working with Denzel. Yeah, talk about. I mean, so powerful. Yeah, powerful. Oh my god, he was amazing. Really amazing. Was and it, a wonderful DP. Yeah. Was that um, when you work with actors who are directing? Is it hard? Do you see that it's hard for them because they're acting as they're directing? Like, are there other voices on set that you feel are like helping them? Like, I'm sure like the designer could help with like, oh well, no, no. no. Denzel, no. Well, no, maybe not Denzel. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe or not George, Clooney. no. Maybe not Clooney. All right, yeah. never mind. Bad Gary, question. no. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, these are all really strong artists with, you know, great minds and, and visions and, mm-hmm. and instincts, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. And this was a dream job, I have to say. Was that shot? Because in- of the research. In New York? That was all shot in. In, no, no, no. That was all shot in Pittsburgh in Real House. Oh, oh, in real oh back. right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good. It never occurred to me in a million years that that would be anything but a stage set because there's so many days of shooting in it, and especially the backyard because of controlling the light. Right. Um, but Denzel said from the beginning, I want, my car- I want Troy to be able to walk down the street walk into a house, walk through the house, into the backyard, all in one shot. And, um, and he said, the only way we can do that is to be on location. So finding, finding that combination of a street with a house, with an interior, the backyard that worked was, um, 
Not easy. <laughs> Plus, you gotta find like the neighbor. You gotta find like the other people's backyard that works, and like no, right. We had to um, exactly, mm-hmm. and um, and that was just, I mean, hard scouting, but also incredible luck to find that. And weather. Then you really have to think about weather, and you're in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we had a lot of rain. Yeah, I bet. And cold. I mean, I don't know what, year, what time of year you were there, but it was either probably really <laughs> hot or really cold. <laughs> uh... In this time off, I really have been able to dive deep into getting interviews, which I'm pretty lucky. And all I want to do is work after I do these interviews. And listening to David and, and talking with him has just been so inspiring. I'm so thankful that he was able to uh, give up this time for the podcast. I mean, I I just want to stop time and research and shop and do everything for the sets to get ready for my next project. And it's so weird because we actually have time. So it's kind of like this pandemic has made like time stop. But um, unfortunately, they shut off my P-card. So, you know, um, I guess that's probably the right thing to do. I probably would have been spending. <laughs> but I would have been spending anyway. So, you know, whatever. Anyway, I thank David for giving me this time and his insight. I definitely learned from this interview and that's invaluable. So thank you so very much, David. Again, everyone keep safe. Keep your distance. Even if you are allowed to go out at this time, just be smart, be safe. I know so many types of businesses have been affected. Little mom and pop stores were hit the hardest. And I'm gonna try to help out a friend here. My best friend opened up a high-end consignment shop store in Westwood, LA about a year or so ago and has had to close because of this pandemic and letting go her staff. So. She has not only been home, homeschooling three daughters at this time, but she has also turned her store into an online store for sale. So if you want to shop, which I know you miss shopping, her website is trove-la.myshopify.com. I'll put that on the blog for this episode. And all small businesses need our help. I mean, we try to do takeout at least once a week for local restaurants. If I've been looking for the shops on my third street to see if they're doing online shops, I just want to help out. Anything I can do, uh, I'm trying. In upcoming episodes, I have interviews with set deck buyer Lane Abramson, Roma's production designer Ingino Cabrera, production designer Bob Shaw of The Irishman, Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, I can't even talk about it, and my dear friend, the production designer of The Goldbergs, Corey Lorenzen. So I've got some good stuff coming up. I'm really proud of it, and it's it's been an amazing couple weeks uh, doing this podcast. So thank you to everyone who's uh, reaching out and letting me interview them. Check out the Decorating Pages podcast picture pages because I've started putting up clips of interviews to video and they're on YouTube and it's like picture pages. 
now I put the sets to what we're talking about. It's kind of cool. Can you give a sister a rating? Uh, rate it on iTunes. Maybe leave a comment if you'd like. Just comment. Maybe you win a prize. I don't know. Maybe we'll try that now. But if you could rate it, that'd be great. Thank you. I hope you got it in your phone. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. Decorating Pages is sponsored by Stogie Floaty. Luxury pool floats. Float them if you got them. Sold now on stogiefloaty.com.